Welcome to Pocket Gossip, a Pokemon discussion podcast. I am one of your hosts, the Ruin Maniac, Mallory, and with me I have gym leader, Shano, and I am very excited to be here today. We are stoked to be here today. I know this is something that we've been working on for quite some time now. Yeah. Yeah, so we're super excited to be here. We're looking forward to discussing pretty much anything and everything Pokemon with you guys, from the anime to the games to the history. And we just wanted to share like our story with you and our experiences as fellow Pokemon trainers. Yeah, and I think uh, in saying that, you mentioned that with uh, being fans for a long time, that makes me wonder, what is your oldest Pokemon memory? What are some of like your earliest foundational memories you have with the Pokemon franchise as a whole? Well, as the oldest human being alive. I have very, very vivid memories of my first Pokemon experience ever. When I was six years old, my mom used to babysit one of my cousins and we were bored one day and we were just flipping through TV and the Pokemon anime had like just started. Like it was on only on like episode like two or three or something like that when if like when we first started seeing it and I knew nothing about Pokemon and we were watching it for like five minutes and I was like let's like come up with a game and I went and got pieces of paper and markers and very very poorly attempted to draw these creatures that I was seeing on TV and we would cut them out and we also would draw pokeballs in different colors because i thought pokeballs came in all colors of the rainbow not just red ones they probably should they probably should in all honesty and cut those out too and we went outside and we would hide the little pokemon that we drew we had no idea what the names were we used to make them up as we went and hide them outside and we would pretend like we were on like this pokemon adventure and throw quote unquote these paper pokeballs at these pokemon and we had such a good time with it. Had never, We never finished the episode. We only saw like five minutes of the episode. We had no idea what the games were about or anything like that. Fast forward to my seventh birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. And mom invited everybody from school. And we hung out, like played in the ball pit and stuff like that. And then it got time. Like we were wrapping up. So we were opening up presents. I could not tell you what I got for that birthday because the only gift I remember getting from that birthday is Pokemon Blue version from that same cousin. Like, he was literally like, oh yeah, like, I figured we'd learn a little bit more about it so that we don't have to make up our own monsters outside anymore and we can actually, like, play the game. And that was it. Like, that that got me hooked. I remember actually playing for about a week. I would come home from school and I would turn on this old original Game Boy with the back, like the thing that you put the batteries in, like the cap missing. And so we had to use duct tape to keep the batteries in and just spending hours and hours and hours roaming around Pallet Town because I didn't know that you could leave Pallet Town <laughs> until about a week later when I saw the patch of grass. Hey, I can walk through whatever this thing is. A true red experience, perhaps. Or Ash Ketchum, maybe. Literally just trying to figure out how to play this game. Literally, it was like at least like five days, five or six days of me just wandering around Pallet Town because I could not figure out 
that you could step into the grass at the northern part of Pallet Town and actually start the game. And I remember that moment to this day, and I laugh about it to this day. That is super funny, because I, I think you know, but my, my first game was also Blue. But I, I say that Blue is not only what hooked me on Pokemon, but really gaming experiences in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't see the anime at all. I got to see a lot of the anime really only in adulthood. Um, I grew up in a house where like I was essentially made fun of. For the animes I liked, I was into things like Sailor Moon and Hamtaro and things like that. But I, my brother's friend owned Blue. And somehow my brother, he like gave it to my brother. And so then I got my hands on it and we had Game Boy Colors. But when I played that game for the first time, I was so like mesmerized i guess i and i had very limited gaming experiences we're talking like windows 95 windows 98 pcs so like the pinball game minesweeper oregon trail are like my previous gaming experiences and so we had game boys and i think i had like a rugrats game and i think i had like a spongebob game or something i can't even remember all the games that i had but when i started playing pokemon blue i was mesmerized i was like this is you know, when they talk about, like, how you're just nostalgic for the game you played at eight years old, right. like, that's that's really true, because it just was a, an experience I'd never had before. I'd never played any type of RPG-style game in any way, uh, I guess, except for, like, Oregon Trail, which you got to play for, like, five minutes in class if you were lucky. And I, I just, I remember so many moments in this game, you know, I was a Squirtle fan, so, you know, water starter. Squirtle fan all the way. Was that your first starter in Blue? Yes, yes. Squirtle was definitely my first starter. Yes. Me too. <laughs> so it was the right choice, you know. Definitely the right choice. So I just remember, and I just remember how I felt playing that game. I like see glimpses of myself as a child sitting at my aunt's house, uh, sitting on the sidewalk, like all the other kids are playing, but I'm sitting there playing this game on my Game Boy, um, going through all these different areas, checking all the stinking trash cans. That game changed us in that way, I gotta say. But doing all these different tasks, whiting out plenty of times, but making it to the end and beating the game. And I was like, this is something I want to be a part of me for a long time. This is this is something that I, I need to experience more. And here we are today. Here we are today. <laughs> here we are today. <laughs> so that was really my, you know, so I don't think I got access to that game until probably at least the second generation. But I, that was the game that I had. And so I just, yeah, I remember how I felt and, and how it captivated me in such a way that I was like, this is something that I want to experience again and again, and I want to be a part of my life. And I was saying that as a small child, little did I know that it would be such an immersive part of my life all these years later. Just looking back at how far we've come, like, as, like, in the Pokemon community and looking at, like these like i said i played it on the original game boy so like that ugly like Mm -hmm. vomit green screen where with just like pixel lines everywhere and now we're like leading into like scarlet and violet which is like everybody talks about graphics but like just looking back at like how the pokemon has like community has evolved over the years and like how we started off with like only 150 one quote unquote and now we're like we're almost at like a thousand pokemon and just seeing 
I'm going to use the term evolution, pun fully intended, but seeing the evolution of these games over time and just the evolution of how big this powerhouse of a company has become, it's just, like, absolutely incredible, like, being there for the entire ride, like, from day one when Red and Blue came out. Well, and I really like now seeing what feels i mean I, I know that there's been multiple generations for a while now but like seeing the second generation of kids playing this again like mm. i know people have been kids mm -hmm. playing these games for a while but like seeing people who played red and blue when they were you know five six eight ten years old now they're five six ten eight year olds are playing the like the new games or the contemporary games or even some of the older games seeing it like being passed down to the next generation um, all of our kids, like, I think that's really, it speaks to the legacy of the series and the longevity of it, but also it's just kind of cool from like a, like a historical perspective. I hate to say it that way, but just to see like that this thing is, is outliving like our childhoods. It's not just a quick nineties childhood nostalgia moment, like some of the things that uh, have gone to the graveyard, but it's, it's still here and it's still thriving. Right, exactly. It's it's just so incredible, like, to see how far it's come, and it's gonna go on forever. Like, yeah. this is, like, a generational, like, like you said, it's a generational thing already. I feel like there's no end in sight, which really, it's, like, very warming and touching to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I hope we're playing, I hope we're playing Pokemon in the uh, retirement home together. Oh, 1000%. Pokemon, which generation will it be? 15, 20? We are gonna, we're so going to get in trouble because, like, I'll be down in, like, the East Wing, you'll be down in the West Wing, and then they'll find us, like, oh, no, Sean got out, and he's playing his, <laughs> game, his little game with Mallory. That's how it goes. So, going off of that, what are some of your favorite things about Pokemon? Ooh, favorite things. I know there's too many to count. <laughs> I mean, I, I love world building. I love world building in general. So I like to experience, whether it's, you know, TV series or games or books that have an entire world that's built around them. And so I think with every single generation, we get, obviously, I love the history. We get more history, we get more lore, but we get more just general world building experiences. So, you know, the different gimmicks, just kind of talking about how these regions are able to tap into these power sources or mechanics that enhance Pokemon in some way. And it makes sense that we see all these different experiences. And then kind of the same thing we've seen, especially probably since I would say Gen 5, we've seen these regions that are based more upon different realms in our world. So everything from like New York to Hawaii to, you know, now we're believing it seems to be like very Iberian Peninsula focused, you know, UK, all that stuff. It's really cool to see a multitude of cultures I feel like in some ways manifested across these so I think it continues to just expand and make more space for more people is what I feel like a room for more fans more people to get involved and you know in that same way we have all these different they continue to develop different games and different experiences now you know we're in 2022 now we have Unite we have Masters we have Pokemon Go we have this the mainline games we have pla as part of that we have you know the anime of course we've got tcg all these different things that really allow literally anybody i feel like could find a reason to become a pokemon fan because it's not just this one small linear experience of these tiny little games uh it's this entire movement you know i mean it's obviously a giant ip but it's very very cool to see you know like i mean 
we know what Unite does to us, but seeing things like, you know, mobile players venturing into this game and experiencing some of the Pokemon content because they're playing a game that's similar to what they've played in the past, I find that really cool. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. Pokemon is like an experience that for yeah. everybody. Like, it's, like you said, like, there's the TCG, there's the actual games, there's, like, spin-off games that reach out to a different type of player like even like something like the pokemon cafe yeah. remix pokemon sleep where are you pokemon sleep why are you still sleeping wake up that will speak to every single person on this planet please i'm begging you even like pokemon cafe like it's just such a simple game and like there are people out there that don't like to play like those complicated like more complicated rpg style games and they just want like a simple cute little puzzle game and pokemon can yeah. give you that Pokemon can give you that. Pokemon can give you, um, like, MOBAs, like Pokemon Unite. Even though, like you said, Unite drives us absolutely up the wall. And we still play it to this day <laughs> when we know what the consequences are. <laughs> and we have to, like, zen out after we play it. But at the same time, like, we have so much fun yeah. doing it, so. Yeah, I think, like you said, and like we were saying, it's just... It really creates a space for a lot of people and it continues to expand and create all kinds of new experiences. You know, again, same with like Pokemon Go, expanding technology and kind of feeling Pokemon in the real world a bit. Like you can be walking around and like technically catch a Pokemon. That's fun and that's cool. And there's all different kinds of ways for people to experience these things. I've said before too, like with Scarlet and Violet coming out and multiplayer features, I think that's adding accessibility, which I think is really, really incredible. So if someone is dealing with any kind of cognitive or mental disability and they need support, they can play with someone else, hopefully. Those kinds of things I think are really, really cool. And we continue to see them grow and expand these experiences for literally any player and any fan. I think my favorite thing about Pokemon itself is like the Pokemon themselves. I'm not even talking about like just like the designs of them. Like we've seen so many different designs over the course of the years and they have been really stepping up their game, I feel. But the Pokemon themselves, like going back to that little seven-year-old boy playing Pokemon and getting his starting Squirtle and going around battling training once i figured out how to get out of pallet town it was just such an experience knowing that like these little pieces of data like i still have pokemon in my most recent games that i've transferred over from however long back you could transfer them from and i like cherish these little creatures they stick with you they they stick mm -hmm. with you they're they're like even though it's a game and even though it's not real life these creatures like are our friends like i feel comfort like going into a game like let's introduce the world to patchwork hi patchwork this is patchwork mm -hmm. my mimikyu i'm beyond excited i have a mimikyu in my game from gen 7 ever since Mimikyu came out, that I'm so, so, so excited to bring over to Scarlet and Violet and, like, travel with him by my side. And, like, he's going to keep traveling with me until the end of this game series, which hopefully I will be long gone before then. But that's what I mean, is that, like, it brings, like, comfort and just, like, peace, like, knowing that there is, like, a friend yeah. 
to play with on the game like i don't even know how to describe it it's just like it, i just feel so much comfort like opening up my game and like being like hey guys ready for t ready for a good game today <laughs> let's go battle this next gym like i will literally like sit there and like talk to my screen and talk to all my pokemon and like just like the features that they've been adding like pokemon and me like from gen 6 like being able to like pet and play with them and then like pokemon mm -hmm, go for yeah. example like being able to like walk out and have like a pokemon follow you and pokemon go and like feed it and play with it and then like take pictures with them like it's just like such a wholesome experience and it just like brings me like peace and joy honestly yeah i feel that it made me think of as you're saying that we know we know patchwork all too well here but i it made me think of i'm prepping a competitive team in sword and shield for some extra stuff right now and i took uh one of the pokemon that was in my playthrough team and i'm building that specific pokemon into the competitive team because it's like this little guy went with me on this whole journey and now he gets to go with me on this new journey in a different space. And so, yeah, I could have just, like, gone and found one in a den and, you know, maxed it out, whatever, whatever. But I'm taking this one. I'm training him manually. And it's just, it's, like, because he's, like, special to me. Like, he he helped me beat, you know, the champion. Like, he's part of my family in his own way. Exactly. It's That's what this game is all about. I feel like this game is about, like, family. And now, like you were saying, with Scarlet and Violet being able to have like these multiplayer experiences and being able to going back to what we were saying earlier about like how there's like different generations like our kids are starting to play these games too like it's just gonna be so great to be able to bring like parent and child together to play a common game that they both love with their own pokemon that they've had since the beginning passing down a pokemon to your kids like that's so wholesome oh stop i'm gonna cry well and it makes me think of the anime we're seeing you know a little bit of spoiler alert if you're not caught up on the anime but uh like they showed some stuff with ash recently obviously he's you know fighting to be the world's best but you see his connection to his pokemon like people you know sometimes he makes some some bad mistakes he does I'll, i will concede that however ash's like deep connection to his pokemon is unmatched it's such a, I just think it's so personal. It's so genuine, you know, especially like watching his Lucario recently, everything from it being an egg and him feeling like, I think this Pokemon is for me. Instead of kind of just blindly catching and doing all of that, I, it, it, I always have loved Ash because I just feel like he just, he loves his Pokemon in a way that we're supposed to be. Like, I think his character represents how we would perfectly love our Pokemon. No, exactly. And I firmly believe that we are all Ash and yeah. that we really should. I know that there's like, like you were saying, competitive teams out there that, you know, you put a lot of effort into training, but like you just randomly catch one or breed one, like spend hours breeding. Right. <laughs> Which not saying we haven't done that. No, definitely not. Never done that. But just having your fan favorite pokemon with you at all times is just and being able to play with that pokemon and being able to get it on these vgc levels like mm -hmm. that's to me what pokemon should be about yeah i definitely agree okay so i think we already know your answer but favorite pokemon of all time would have to be hello this little guy right here mimikyu did you have a favorite before mimikyu because mimikyu was obviously introduced in generation seven so 
I don't know, honestly, like probably. I remember distinctively loving Pichu for a long time. I love the whole Pikachu line. The whole Pikachu line is absolutely adorable. I just remember struggling in Super Smash Bros. Melee, always playing as Pichu because Pichu. Pichu's a menace! <laughs> is an absolute menace and self-destructing little bugger and it was horrible playing as Pichu but because of the fact that I loved Pichu so much and that it was in the game I had to play it at any given point so I would probably have to say Pichu but like I, ha I have like a ton of favorites like Togepi like Togepi was way up there like it's definitely hard to pick one. I get that. Right, exactly. And I don't know, but I have like vivid memories of playing as Pichu in Smash Brothers and absolutely hating my life for it. <laughs> so. Well, so that's where I would say like, you know, talking about favorites versus past. So I, I have my Eevees in the back here, but I, it's a tie. I can't, it's so hard for me to decide because my OG favorite is Flareon. It's my favorite. I love the Eevee line too. But Flareon just, and Flareon's like underrated. A lot of people like Vaporeon more and, you know, pretty much anyone in the Eevee line, I feel like gets picked before Flareon. But I just, from when I was a small child and it came from accidentally getting my hands on a Pokemon card, kind of the same thing, but that was my first Pokemon card that I ever had from just like, I don't know, 2000 or something. I have no idea. I, the card's since been lost, which makes me sad, but I was like, I love this thing. I love this little fire boy. I love him. It's so great. But then in gen six, we met the new evolution of Sylveon. And it's so hard for me to pick between the two. Nowadays, I typically, I usually always have an evolution on my team, as many people do. I tend to go with Sylveon over Flareon. So it's really a tough, so, you know, I like won't pick one of the two, but those are, you know, definitely my top two. But I love, like you said, so many others. I love pretty much any evolution. I love the Pikachu line. I love all the Reggies. I have them in my background here as well. I love all kinds of Pokemon. There's so many for so many reasons. You know, I love Clay Doll a lot and Baltoy. It's hard to pick one. And that's part of the beauty of it is every generation, you get a whole new set of Pokemon to love. But yeah, if I guess if I had to pick one, I could only pick two, but it would be Sylveon and Flareon. We we had this discussion one time when I was like, I feel like, so A9, Alola Ninetales, I remember coming to you one day and being like, oh, I feel like I'm cheating on Patchwork, but like A9's just so good and I think it's like one of my favorite Pokemon, but I don't want to tell Patrick. Do you also... <laughs> do you also remember when you never called it a9 i called it a9 and you thought i was goofy for saying that but now it's true a9 and k9 yes i thought that was absolutely ridiculous and now all i can say is a9 and you know what pokemon unite is the reason why we started coming up with all these names for pokemon like we have so many nicknames for all these new pokemon oh, yeah. that that oh, we yeah. have like that we can't stop saying and now it's like yeah. a part so if we accidentally slip up like, full disclaimer, if we accidentally slip up the pronunciation of a Pokemon, it's probably done on purpose because... It's, de it's Desi Dewey. That's it's Desi, what you're gonna Yeah, hear. I was gonna say, like, Desi Dewey, Decidueye, um, <laughs> because I don't even know how that came about. It was something about one of our friends went to a stream where they were the playing Pokemon... was mispronouncing it, Right, yeah. mispronouncing it as Desi Dewey. And it was so funny. Not making fun of them. I mispronounce Pokemon names all the time and get it's corrected. Impossible it's to impossible to get them all right. Exactly. But it was just such a funny 
funny, funny, funny way of pronouncing it that it just stuck with us. And we've been pronouncing it Desi Dewey, A9 and K9. Buzzy Boy is one. Buzzy Boy for Buzzwall and Aegislash we call Mixed Sprite. Yeah. Don't don't have we'll we'll get to that story another day. I think that that speaks to though kind of the intention. So like we joke about like nicknaming Pokemon. Like I I don't understand nicknaming Pokemon, but it's totally cool that other people do. But that's kind of what it is. Like they're so like there's such an emotional connection to them, whether positive or negative, that they have their own right. name connotations in this way. So I think it's still great in its own way. Yeah. So again, like I said, we deeply apologize if we accidentally call a Pokemon a name other than what it actually is or mispronounce the Pokemon name. Because again, we probably have been doing it for a very long time now. But so like you have your favorite Pokemon, like part of what changed for me with Sylveon was Gen 6, which I would say is my favorite generation. X and Y are my favorite games. So probably because of the introduction of Fairy, I love Kalos as a region. I love Diantha, obviously. There's just a lot of things. I, I just loved how that game moved. I liked the graphics, the customization that they added. So I don't know, like, if you, I don't know if yours is the same or if you have a favorite game or what your favorite game and generation you think is. So we've had this discussion before where I, for the longest time, like, I, I do love Gen 6, don't get me wrong. Like, Gen 6 was great. Like, again, introduction of fairy-type Pokemon and then also game mechanics. And it was, like, our first, like, real 3D main core game. For the longest time, and I feel like, this is a lot of people's favorite generation. I keep saying Gen 2 is my favorite okay, for a number of reasons. Because I feel like that's when, like I said, when I was playing Pokemon Blue, like I took a week trying to figure out how to get out of Pallet Town. I whited out so many times in the game. I, I remember distinctively going to the daycare south of Cerulean City depositing a pokemon and then i went and caught another pokemon and i cried because i didn't have enough space because I, I had the full team of six and i couldn't get the pokemon that i dropped off at the daycare back and i thought it was gone forever because i didn't know what pcs were so gen 2 for me was like the first game where like i understood the mechanics yeah. so that i was able to enjoy it as an experience knowing like all the different mechanics and like knowing the names of the pokemon and not having like being surprised but not having as many surprises in store with that said though i was thinking a lot lately about how much gen 3 actually should be my favorite and how it probably actually is because the difference between gen 2 to gen 3 everything was updated like the graphics were updated the Pokemon designs were updated. The story, like, I feel like Gen 3 had a very, very solid story. Like, Gen 2 had a good story, but Gen 3 had, like, a full experience and, like, a full cast of characters that were just so memorable to me. Just thinking back of Hoenn in general, like, I have this fanfic in my head. I always wanted to be a gym leader since Gen 3. Like, I always thought gym leaders were the coolest characters and the most memorable characters in a game. Even putting, like, the protagonists or, like, villainous teams aside. And I had this fanfic in my head where my father was like a gym leader, kind of like how Norman was to the protagonist. I had this thing where I always imagined my father being a water type gym leader from Hoenn. And I still have these like memories of my imagination running wild and like playing and pretending that I was 
the next protege to be a gym leader and my father was like teaching me everything because like my father used to like take me out like fishing and stuff like that and teach me how to fish and things like that so Hoenn to me was special to me and probably my favorite because of like that immersive story and it's where my imagination started to let loose as Mm -hmm. to my journey into being a Pokemon gym leader. That kind of uh, reinforced what we were saying earlier about just like kind of seeing these like generational like legacies of Pokemon and the universe and its fandom. And so that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And also just like you were saying with Gen 6 and Kalos and the Mega Evolution mechanic and the introduction of fairy types, it was really cool to see all these modernized, well at the time modern mechanics and functions brought back into my favorite generation right yeah because i really loved omega ruby and alpha sapphire so like even though i do love Kalos, and i say that's my favorite region it's also getting to experience those games again in a more modernized format exactly. i really enjoyed those games a lot exactly so going off of like favorite characters and these character designs do you have a favorite character or do you have a character that you see a lot of yourself in um, I don't know. I I love Ash in the anime. I love him. I do. I love him. I will always love Ash. Like I'll be sad if he leaves. I'm I'm Ash's biggest fan. If Ash has one fan, it is me. There's a lot of characters I like. There's so many. There's a lot of characters. I, I love Serena too. I've always loved her. I mean, obviously from like the playable perspective of X and Y, but like I love Serena, you know. Senekin is also my favorite starter of all of them. So, you know, and she's a Sylveon. Like, obviously, that's my team. So, you know, I don't have any interest in things like contests and shows and anything. But I just always really liked her. I'm a big fan of Lenora. Most people know this in Unova. Obviously, she's the curator and archaeologist at the Nacreen City Museum. She's also a gym leader, normal type. Normal type is underrated. She bosses her husband around. Like, I don't know. I just like, (laughs) I really like her energy a lot. I feel like people mention Cynthia to me and like they might compare me to Cynthia at a first pass, like archaeologist isn't Cynthia an archaeologist, but I've just never really connected with her. I joke about how she never really impressed me in the original games. That's, it wasn't a bad thing, but like people loved Cynthia. They loved her. And I was like, yeah, she's fine. (laughs) It just never really blew me away. I felt like your rivals and just characters in blue and red left more impact on me than Cynthia did the way that like, she's so well acknowledged in the fandom. But I would say like contemporary anime Cynthia, huge fan of, would love to like manifest some of her energy. Her battle style is really, really, really good. There's a lot of things I like about her in that way. So I don't know if I could pin one. I also really like N. I know it's like cliche. I like N a lot. A lot of people love N. (laughs) I'm also a really big fan of Volo. Yes. We've experienced a lot of simping together for some of these newer characters. (laughs) I had to take back what I said about Cynthia because of Volo. So I don't know if there's any one character that I would... Like, if I would want, I would, like, want to be Ash. Like, I would want to be the protagonist. It's what I would want to be. Again, I'm so obsessed with, like, his his deep connection to his Pokemon. Like, it's unmatched, and it's so apparent. And, I mean, I like what comes with his innocence, but he's still, like, you know, strong. I think that he embodies a lot of really good characters. But, you know, I guess if I, like, you know, I'd probably say I'm maybe more like Lenora, maybe. But I don't know if I could pinpoint one character. I think... For me, like, I kind of struggle with it, too. Like, because there's just so, there's so many characters. There's, yeah, there's too many. Like, this was definitely, like, a loaded question. But kind of going back to the simping of 
use simping for Volo. There's some kind of simping going on in my life for some of these characters too, but I also see a lot of myself in these two characters. We're talking about our best boy, Raihan. I get it with Raihan. I hate it, but I get it. I absolutely hate how much I love Raihan. Like, it's not even funny. And he's just so cocky and so, like, full of himself, but not really. If you play Pokemon Masters and you, like, get to experience Raihan in that, it, it is a little bit more toned down and a little bit more, like, he's just a very impressive guy. Like, very confident. I would say the same in the anime. I think he's like that in the anime. Yeah, and Sword and Shield, there's, like, this cockiness about him. I think Sword and Shield Raihan is who I simp for. And then it, anime Raihan and Masters Raihan is who I want to be and who I kind of see myself in. I at any given moment want to take a selfie of myself doing something cool <laughs> like that's definitely it but more like actual like deep personality so we've had this discussion many times and i know you have some choice words about what i'm about to say i already know where this is going but one of my all-time favorite characters again a more recent character would have to be the champion leon and i know a lot of people love leon and i know a lot of people hate leon and both for very valid reasons. I think the main reason, though, I love Leon so much is because out of all the champions that we have, I don't, I wouldn't say he's the best champion. I definitely wouldn't. No. The anime hypes him up way too much. Anime Leon is the worst version of himself. Definitely. Anime Leon is the worst version of himself. I would, I would agree with that. But looking back at all these champions that we have, like Gen 1, your rival, is probably my favorite champion of all time because yeah, I would just agree. like that that storyline just made sense yeah i would 100 percent agree and it was so satisfying being able to beat your rival for like the last time finally but with all these other champions so you have lance you have cynthia you have diantha they all they're like celebrities like all like a lot of the champions and gym leaders are right but they get so involved in the villainous work and like that's why they're such like prominent characters in this game and why they're memorable because they are very involved in battling against the main antagonists of the game. And you see Lance in Gen 2 like literally break into the rocket hideout and mess up everything for them. You see Diantha getting involved with like Lysander. With Leon, he does get involved, but as a champion himself, and I think this is why I love Galar so much, because the theme of Galar, like, of the sporting competition side of it, Leon is just an everyday guy who people look up to because he's good at Pokemon battles. Because he won. Because he won. He's, like, a main figure in this community that everybody just, like, looks up to, isn't full of himself. He's very humble. Like, he goes home and, like takes care of his little brother. He's just very wholesome. He goes home just to, like, see his fans. Gets lost along the way a lot. But he humbles himself in the game so well. And I feel like... I feel like he really wasn't... I didn't see him as a celebrity. I saw him as just, like, someone who I aspired to be and someone who I would love to be friends with. I mean, technically, he's, like, literally your neighbor, so... Literally. Like... <laughs> and that's what I love about Leon so much. And that's, like, who... I would, like, hope to be someday. Like, someone that people can look up to, but would also just, like, want to hang out and be my friend. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love Leon so much. So, I know Leon gets a lot of hate. <laughs> I think it's just from me. It could be just from you. 
but that's a lot of like who i would want to be and who i aspire to be is someone more like leon okay so like thinking about all of your personal experiences but how has it been like what's been your experience as a fan as a member of the fandom the community because i can speak to my own experience and say that like i really i wasn't part of the fandom not because i wasn't a fan but because i really didn't know that the fandom existed until I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Like I just really didn't, I, I felt weird as a kid and as an adult growing up and wanting to be part of the Pokemon community. And I thought I had to like hide the fact that I was a Pokemon fan in all honesty. Yeah, I didn't really feel like I was a part of the fandom or like the community until like years later, I feel. Like I was a kid and playing these games, like I remember having like, maybe like one or two like close friends that also loved Pokemon that we would sometimes play together and like trade and battle and whatnot. But like for the majority of like my childhood, Pokemon, I don't want to say like was like frowned upon per se. It was for me, so. It was kind of surprising actually. When I was like really little and Pokemon was first coming out, the cards were actually huge in my neighborhood. Everybody, you were cool if you had Pokemon cards, but the games, not so much. It was actually very, very weird. It was like watching the show and playing the games was taboo and it wasn't cool, quote unquote. Like it wasn't like cool to be involved in Pokemon in that sense, except for the trading cards for whatever reason. Literally anybody and everybody had Pokemon trading cards like that. That was what it was. And I could never figure out why, like to this day, I still can't figure out why there was like such a distinction between those two. And I don't, I feel like I'm not just speaking for me, but like, I feel like a lot of us were like bullied for constantly playing Pokemon and like spending all of our time playing these games and watching the anime and whatnot. Years later though, it was kind of funny. There was like this time period, especially in like high school. High school, if you just like sat home and played games, like you were not cool, at least in my community. Oh yeah, all of us like early 2000s gamers walked so that the big giant Twitch streamers of today could run 100%. Literally the best way you could put it. And it was funny because in the middle school, high school, like that, it just wasn't a thing. Like you were not allowed to get the trading cards. You were not allowed to play these games. You were not cool. You were not popular. You were not, you didn't exist to a lot of people if you kept playing these games. However, then I went off to college and it was like, Pokemon was literally everywhere. All of a sudden I ended up finding like a, a group of people that were so excited. Like it was around the time Black and White was coming out. And this one person who I wasn't like close to, but was like in my dorm, saw that I had a DS and I, ha I had my diamond version with me. And he saw it on my desk and he's like, oh my God, are you so excited about Black and White coming out? And I was like, looking around, I'm like, you're talking to, hello? <laughs> like, Pokemon is cool here? And he like introduced me to these people that would like do like TCG tournaments and whatnot. And then people that were lining up when Black and White came out at our local GameStop. And I was like, this is, this is new. This is not what I'm used to. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like really uncomfortable and also like super excited at the same time that now I have like this community of people that I can play with. Yeah, I think mine came a lot later, but similar to you. Like if you want my secret confession was that up until up until Gen 8, when I would go, like if I would go to GameStop or something to buy a game, I would pretend like I was getting it for a sibling. <laughs> We've all been there. And I would be like, oh, I would like, I would like pretend I was on the phone and be like, 
what is what does he want? Pokemon? Got to say it incorrectly though. Pokemon? Oh, you're what is that? I'm looking for like the new Pokemon game. Do you know like what where that is? I felt so uncomfortable because I was led to believe through like my whole childhood that like this was weird. This was dumb. Why would you want this especially as an adult? Why would you want to like consume this type of media? So, like, honestly, my fandom immersion has really only been in the past couple of years uh, from both IRL friends who I find out are Pokemon fans, as well as, you know, streaming and those kinds of things. Even when I first started streaming on Twitch, I was like, well, you can't play Pokemon. Like, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why can't you? So I, you know, then I got into that and saw and met these other, you know, people who stream or, you know, whatever it might be, make content. Obviously, we have TikTok and PokeTalk is an entire, I mean, there's probably a billion views under that tag. So there's clearly like a very strong presence and it's, it's, it's the healing the inner child for sure. But it's, it's refreshing because it really did feel like something that I wanted to express mm. in a lot of my life. And I feel like I finally can express that. It's weird to think that like I have these Pokemon plush behind me. You know, I make TikToks talking about Pokemon, those kinds of things. And people like it. And it's like, I, I would have thought that that would never be the case. Like, I just always thought that like, this was a really weird thing. And so it did limit me from like being able to access information. I didn't know about events and stuff like that. Like, honestly, just didn't know, you know, the things were happening because, you know, nowadays we find out that shiny Eternatus is coming out and I get five text messages saying, hey, did you go get your shiny Eternatus? Like, you know, and it's nice. It's wonderful because I didn't have that 10 years ago. I didn't have that five years ago. So it's comforting in a lot of ways, but that's, it's been fun to experience this and also just feel very validated. It's been a comfort. So I'm really thankful for that. I find it really interesting that you said healing your inner child because I feel like those words like speak a lot to the community itself because I feel like a lot of us growing up it was very taboo to play Pokemon and it was very not a thing until we were we became adults and like we're able to make our own choices and whatnot and like you saying like how you were embarrassed to go to GameStop and buy the game just simply go in and buy the game like no questions asked don't need to know who you're buying it for you're buying it for yourself mm -hmm. or whatever but it's just so funny not to get deep and psychological but I feel like a lot of us nowadays and why Pokemon is so huge right now is because a lot of us are kind of like trying to relive that childhood nostalgia and try to re-experience those feelings again playing these games that we weren't really allowed to do when we were younger. Obviously when we were like little kids like we could. Oh I played Blue in Secret too. I should make that clear. I played it in Secret too. But I know what you mean. I understand what you mean. Yeah, I, but I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of the community is just like we had to do everything in secret because it wasn't quote unquote cool. And I think now that no one cares, now even becoming like a much more bigger community and like we're getting like all these like new friends like pokemon is how you and i yeah 100 percent. it's exactly how we met like we like we both became twitch streamers but we didn't like really know each other and then we had a mutual friend shout out to lion life on twitch go follow the him. Best. We love him. <laughs> and he introduced us and i didn't even think like we were just like talking to each other i think he wanted to play pokemon unite with us and was like hey we need two more people like can you guys join in we're like yeah sure no problem and then we raged and screamed and cursed at the <laughs> into the microphones every two seconds and we were like 
we like we like each other <laughs> this is gonna be great <laughs> but it's but that's what i mean is that like we were comfortable enough now to be able to do these things that we weren't comfortable enough to do as children and i just think there's like something special about that I definitely agree. I think especially as well as terrible, like as everything that's gone on in the world in the past couple of years has been, I think it has caused people to like reflect and try to like refocus their personal desires, ambitions. And like, you know, we've seen resurgence from like these like childhood nostalgia things. And so I think we've seen that in things like Pokemon. We've seen people come back to this after only playing the first two generations when they were 10 years old or just or people just manifesting or they took the time because we were all stuck at home and they started making tiktoks talking about pokemon and just expressing themselves and then just meeting you know we both have several mutuals on tiktok that are wonderful wonderful people you know fantastic creators to interact with who are just pokemon lovers and they just express themselves by sharing you know lifestyle content or theories or you know gaming experiences and it's it's so comforting in a lot of ways and again it's like kind of shows how something like Pokemon can touch the entire globe in one way, but it's just, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but I do think it's also, yeah, ushered in new fans. And of course, with every new generation, there's someone who might pick up a game. I know PLA brought in some new fans because people were like, oh, I really love, you know, like Breath of the Wild or other, you know, games that aren't Pokemon content. You know, maybe I'll try this one because I don't really want to play like mainline Pokemon games, but then they play that game and they're like, oh, I really, really like this. Maybe I'm going to play, you know, black and white now or something. So we've seen, you know, and again, that expansion, we talked about like the MOBA and, you know, Go and all these different games uh, bringing in new fans. And it's really cool because I want, you know, there to be as many Pokemon fans as there are people on this planet. So I love to see new people <laughs> be a part of the community. I love to see people loving something that has been a part of my life since I was a child. I think it's amazing. So we touch upon all of like our positive experiences with the community, but with every community, there's also some sort of negativity involved. And yeah. have you experienced that in any way, shape or form? Um. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, when you're, online in general i guess you're always bound to like have some negative experiences but yeah i feel like like i said there's a lot of really amazing people in the pokemon community really really cool people who express themselves in all different kinds of ways whether they paint pokemon cards or they share art that they do or they you know again just talk about the game and the anime a lot of really really cool people but at the same time i feel like there are kind of i mean two main problems i think again looking at a fandom that's existed for over 25 years now there's just always going to be gatekeepers i'm very anti-gatekeeping in general across the board on anything i don't see the benefit in gatekeeping especially something that has i, I just feel like it's so reasonable that people can't name all one thousand nearly pokemon we're probably gonna have up to a thousand after gen 9's release like i feel like it's so reasonable that people can't name them all they don't remember all their typings they don't remember every little detail i don't know how you could i don't know how you could maybe that's just me for thinking that but we see a lot of that we see a lot of people who i feel like want to dunk on others and say we joke about it you know between ourselves where they say i can't believe you didn't know that i can't believe you don't remember that and I, I don't see the, the benefit in that. Like we've been saying, you know, the fandom has continued to expand. There's new games, there's new content, there's new things that are getting people involved in this community. And I don't see how there's any benefit to saying, 
wow, I can't believe you didn't know that. Or I know more than you. Like, okay, good for you. What's amazing in a year like 2022 is we have the internet and you can Google that and you can know it in an instant. Oh, I can't remember what Poison's type matchup is. Let me go Google it really quickly and you'll get 50 million resources that'll tell you. And that's great. Like, it's so great. As if we all didn't use walkthroughs to play Legend of Zelda games, you know, 15 years ago. It's true. <laughs> like, I, I don't see the harm in that. But I do feel like personally... I can only speak to my lived experience, but I do feel like we see some discriminatory behavior by probably similar people in the Pokemon community. I think there's evidence of, I mean, you know, personal experience, sexism. I see a lot of female Pokemon creators or female identifying and presenting Pokemon creators. And I, I feel like their comments are always worse. Either, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in that, but I, you know, I think to a couple of specific creators and I won't say their names without their consent, but I see their comment sections and their comment sections always seem worse than the male creators that I know. And I don't know if it goes back to that whole like previous culture of gaming and, you know, toxicity that comes with that. And like this, like new alpha male dynamic we see in gaming. I don't know. Uh, but I see that I'm sure there's probably, I can't speak to this particular experience, but there's also, you know, racism in the community and, you know, I have friends who have mentioned it in their, you know, content that they've experienced those kinds of things. And I don't know why something that I think, again, like you said, we're looking for like that, what we felt when we were children playing these games for the first time, why people would want to bring such negative behavior and comments into the space. Again, I don't think people mind criticism, but, you know, I had a whole debacle with someone trying to like trick me in my comment section. Um, they didn't. Not the gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, they didn't trick me, but they were trying to dunk on me and prove that I didn't know stuff. Um, I think I posted a video kind of joking about sexist comments that I had received as a Pokemon fan. You know, people asking me if I knew what shinies were, which I've been asked. People asking me about, like, if I only care about, you know, certain things. You know, people assume things about people that aren't men in the Pokemon community. They do. And yes, do I love cute Pokemon? I do. But also, I know how to play VGC. And also, if you don't know how to play VGC, that's okay too. But I know how to play competitively. And I, just because I like to put cute Pokemon on a playthrough in this game doesn't mean anything. And, you know, I don't see why we have that toxic behavior. You know, we like the poison type, but do we need poison behavior in our community? I don't think so. Yeah, so... My personal experience, like, I've experienced the negative comments and the backlash, but agreeing with you, see, like, comparing my comments to your comments, I've said, like, some pretty stupid stuff on my TikToks. Like, I will fully admit that. But my comment section is not nearly as bad, negative-wise, as yours. I see that, and it's it's not okay. It's just, I, I see the sexism. I see not on yours, obviously, but like, I see like the racist comments like about within the community and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's just kind of sad to see people think that they are better than someone else. Because I feel like the one thing about like the Pokemon community or like the Pokemon games in general is that no two Pokemon are alike. No two people are alike. Yeah. It's a good point you can't really compare one to the other. Like, you can't compare people like people like that just because you're a woman. I honestly think you're much better at Pokemon than I am. 
like i i feel like i honestly know a lot about pokemon i know i feel like i know a lot about i can i can remember all the names i can remember all the typings but i know that there are people out there who cannot and that is completely okay and if you were to i don't want people to feel uncomfortable coming to either of us really and saying hey what's poison week two again i'm not going to be like i can't believe that you don't know what poison's week two i'm not going to do that i'm going to be like oh poison's week two psychic ground blah 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 i want people to like be feel comfortable within this community and i think that's one thing that we as a whole need to work on is that someone in the community is not going to have all the answers there are people in the community that don't even know what a pikachu looks like but it's true it's just so upsetting to see negative comments at all on in any community well and i can say too you know i can speak to my personal experience and what i generally perceive but it's not like everyone like you said you've you've dealt with what feel like toxic people or problematic people trying to gatekeep or you know make harsh comments to you unnecessarily we see some of like the top you know competitive players in the world who make content and like they get hate on their videos or people right. try to dunk on them and again respectfully they probably know <laughs> what you think you're dunking on them because it's their job to do this so you know and again they're literally getting paid <laughs> to play these games right so you know i wish people would it, it worries me that it will deter people from wanting to be fans and like I said, I would love for everyone in the world to experience the joy that Pokemon has brought you and I. So I would love to see more of those things. And I would love to see people enjoy those things. I also find it very ironic. A lot of my content is very research-based when it comes to Pokemon because I do things like talk about Pokemon and archaeology, which requires me to spend time in my literal textbooks. So I find it very interesting when people try to dunk on me and I spent five hours writing the content for a video and researching it. And they think that they are going to, like, their goal is to prove me wrong. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry you have nothing else to do. I would recommend maybe doing another playthrough of the game. Maybe that will give you something to do. Maybe you'll get to experience some of the kindness that the NPCs are showing that you don't seem capable of. Right. And at the end of the day, it's not that deep. It's not. It's, it's not. really not. It's sad, but it's not that deep. I think ultimately, though, I still, I still believe in the Pokemon fandom. I think it's a really great thing. I... I love being a part of this community. I love playing these games, watching this anime. I now collect cards. I scream at Unite. Constant screaming. There's a lot of things. And again, like you said, it really has an ability to bring us together. It brought us together. Oh. I was going to say, even after seeing all these like negative comments, the positive side of things is that we are all friends and have like this huge community. We don't even worry about those comments anymore because we have people that are attack dogs that will <laughs> defend us, like completely defend us from all these negative comments that we don't even have to deal about it. And it's just like, that's what I'm saying about like the Pokemon community in itself is that it brings so many people together and it causes these bonds to be formed that I feel like are going to go on forever. There's just like this huge family that I feel like I'm a part of now that I feel like a lot of us needed growing up and it's just amazing to see despite like all the negative things because there's always like negativity somewhere anything anything in the world has negativity but the positive outcome is just so impactful and so powerful and just I'm just proud to be a part of the Pokemon community despite everything 
there are people that I see on TikTok videos I make, on, you know, posts I put on different social medias and those kinds of things. And they just, I see them, like they're there for every video saying, I love your content. Like, I'm so thankful I found your, you know, your stuff. I love what you do. This is so cool. And like, you see those names over and over again and you remember them. And like, that's really, it's giving me goosebumps a little bit to say it because like you said, there are some really wonderful people that I've met through Pokemon. There are some really wonderful experiences I've had. I think in a way, again, mentioning the last couple of years and everything that's gone on in the world, Pokemon has kind of saved me personally, allowed me to express myself for the past couple of years, find people that resonate with these things and that enjoy these things and that want to consume these things. And so all I can say is thank you, which feels a little cheesy, but it's really, it's really very spectacular. And I'm, I'm very excited for the future of Pokemon. Like I have no idea what to expect. I don't read leaks, but I'm very, very excited for everything that's waiting for Ash, for the games, for all of us. Thank you so much to everyone who listened today. We're so excited to be here and we're looking forward to sharing more with you. If you're interested in seeing more of our content, you can follow us on TikTok at Pocket Gossip. For all other inquiries, you can email us at pocketgossippodcast at gmail.com. New episodes will be out every Friday across a variety of podcast platforms. And if you want to help us grow, be sure to share this podcast with others that might be interested. We'll catch you next time, trainers.